you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Your words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie, he was a co-host on the US version of Top Gear, and his current stand-up special is called, It's Scary In Here, it's available for you free on YouTube. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. We're so glad you're here because it's showtime. We got a great show for you again this week. My guest in the ADD interview is a very funny and edgy stand-up comic. Her special is called From Ho to Housewife, and it's available to you free on YouTube. And her name is Brittany Schmidt. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week. 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, join our conversation. And our super fan shout-out is for Jacqueline. Say hi to Jacqueline, everybody. Hey, Jacqueline. Jacqueline, how you doing? And Jacqueline, Phil says hello. Uh, he is still adrift in Europe. And his body clock is not set uh, to European time. I know that because I've heard nothing about the body clock for the past two friggin' weeks. He goes, I don't know what's wrong with my body. I go, it's your body, your mind, and your spirit. They're all broken. <laughs> That's the trifecta. I don't know why you continue to go on, Philip. And then he yells at me. 
So Phil is somewhere awake and bitching and moaning in Europe, and uh, Stern is uh, looks like he's in a hotel room in New York City. It, it looks like you're filming a snuff film. What is that? What are you doing? <laughs> That's later tonight. We got we got a whole schedule for that. No, I am here in lovely Queens, mm-hmm. where if, if I could if I could hold my laptop out the window, you would be able to see the plans lane, uh, planes rather landing in LaGuardia. I'm here for the U.S. Open, as I've been for the last, I guess, I guess my, my fourth year up here doing this, which yeah. seems sort of amazing to me. Um, and it's your old stomping grounds, sort mm-hmm. of. I mean, I, I know it's not Long Island, you know, or Manhattan. That's, but, the, yeah, that's the thing they say. They go, oh, you're from Long Island? No, I'm from Queens. It's part of the island. Get a map. You don't need, you don't need a bridge <laughs> to get there. <laughs> so you it. went through the Midtown. I just picture him in his little Barbie dream car, just, just driving. <laughs> With his valise. I, why do I picture you with like a scarf and goggles on and driving gloves like Penelope Pitstop? I do have a pair of goggles. I was not wearing them in this particular instance, ah. though. You know when you go through the Midtown, you know that cemetery that's on your right when you get into Queens, a big cemetery? Oh, yes, yes. When I was a kid, every time we passed that cemetery, Michael would roll down the window with a truck and go, you're not dead enough! That's what he would say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Somebody or several people in there? Don't know. He said, I don't want to talk about it, but he did it. I, I thought you're, you're not supposed to talk about it. That, exactly. You're not supposed to speak, speak ill of the dead. So no. I, I, I don't know about a drive-by out a window, if that counts. <laughs> I don't know who wow. or what it was, but it every time we must went have been there, big. yeah, you're not dead enough. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, there's supposed to be some sort of universal empathy for the dead because they're dead. Yeah, leave them alone. All right. Apparently, according to my uncle, they're not dead enough. I yeah, just... that's that's an emotional <laughs> trigger right there. You think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I always. I always thought it was sort of like a proactive move of a lot of people who are alive. Uh-huh. Be like, look, someday I'm going to be there, and I won't be able exactly. To, you know, I won't be able to defend myself. So we're just we're just going to have this rule: nobody talks speaks ill of the dead because when I'm gone, I can't I can't get <laughs> back at you guys. Yeah, it's true. You're dead. Yeah. So my family speaks ill of the dead and the living. They don't care if you piss them <laughs> off. Well, yeah, I kind of get that with the way you keep a, or hold a grudge. I don't hold a grunge. I carry out a vendetta. Okay? Well, I'm just saying you're following in your <laughs> uncle's footsteps. I know. A little bit. I, it's terrible, too. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about my uncle. And, and my, people in my family, dudes, go, what do you want from me? I'm Italian. I can't help it. I'm Italian. <laughs> no, you, you can't help it because you're emotionally unbalanced and you have poor impulse control. OK, don't blame an entire culture. All right? Italian's a culture. It's not a personality. <laughs> Can you yeah. see if Leonardo da Vinci had my uncle's temperament going, I'm trying to paint your friggin' smile, all right? Keep smiling. <laughs> I ain't done yet. Well, it does take critical thinking, Adam. And Italians are known to be a little emotional. A little emotional. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little. There's no happy ending in an opera. It's a little emotional. <laughs> It's that behavior is normalized. Screaming and yelling is normalized until until you marry someone from San Francisco. And you're like, that's not right. That's not good. <laughs> you, there's a lot of things in your past you have to heal. <laughs> I do have my moments, Adam. Yes, we yes, but we have to look at treat the body, mind, and spirit. <laughs> my wife with the holistic stuff. This is holistic medicine. 
We have to... Something in your childhood is bothering you. Honey, I got a cold. It's got nothing to do with my childhood. I got a cold. Here, take these pellets. What is this? <laughs> this is holistic. Put this under your tongue and something will get better in a few months. No, we can't. <laughs> what? <laughs> you do have to build on all Yeah, uh, just, uh, just, can I just take the NyQuil? I'll take the NyQuil. I won't say anything bad about the dead people. How's that? Can actually, I do that? Actually, I like it when you take the NyQuil. Yeah, Boom, out. You're out. Just out. <laughs> no more problems. No. The only thing is I snore. I snore, yeah. yeah. I snore like a chainsaw when I take the NyQuil. Another thing about bad-mouthing the dead. Mm-hmm. They could come back and haunt you. Yeah, that's the other thing. You don't want a curse put on you. You say something. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you, there no. is that. Yeah. I mean, you think when my uncle died, he went, now I'm here. Where are you? <laughs> Another thing the Italians are known for. What? Putting Vengeance? a little curse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do they call that? The Malocchio. My great-grandmother <laughs> used to put a curse on the mailman because he brought the bills. I swear to God. <laughs> that's not <laughs> nice. It's not she nice at all. She see that through. She couldn't see. She had two teeth and a cocaine habit. She was a mess, that woman. <laughs> <laughs> that would do it. I'm not speaking ill of the dead, Nonna. Nonna! I'm just... <laughs> I'm looking up as I do this. Yes, Nonna. I'm affected Nonna. by this, so please. I love you, please. Nonna. <laughs> Smoke some cigarettes. You'll come down that way. <laughs> It was funny. I was talking to uh, to Brittany Schmidt. She's had a rough road, mm. really, really rough road. But she turned it into art. And uh, uh, so this story is, it gets a little hairy. This interview, but I want you guys to hear it. So you guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. What is is, and what was was, and what must be said must be said, as has become customary. Do not speak ill of the dead. You're not dead enough. <laughs> You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. This is how you spend your time. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
I have got some stand updates for you. I hope you come see me on the road because I will make you laugh. September 16th, I am at the Opera House in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. September 17th, I am at the Newtown Theater in Newtown, Pennsylvania. September 23rd and the 24th, I'm in New York City at Gotham Comedy Club. October 6th, special show at the Gilmore Car Museum in Richland, Michigan. October 7th through the 9th, I will be at the Chicago Improv. October 14th and 15th, I will be at the Arlington Draft House. And October 20th through the 22nd, I will be at the Comic Roadhouse in Uncasville, Connecticut. Grab your aunt, grab your uncas, and come and see me. Uh, there's a link to tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there, and you know I want to say thank you. Yes, I do. If you can make any of these gigs, please come up after the show, and let me thank you for the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. All right, go on. You know, get out of here. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is a stand-up that likes her comedy like she likes her cheese. Stanky. Her new special is called From Ho to Housewife, and it's available to you right now on YouTube. She is from Wisconsin. She lives in L.A. She was arrested in Arizona. She served time in Beverly Hills, and I'm very grateful she is here with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Brittany Schmidt. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, your special from Hoda Housewife. I watched it this morning. Girl, we have a lot to talk about. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, you're currently on the road now, yes? Yeah, I'm in Vegas. You're in Vegas. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, from Wisconsin, and you started mm-hmm. doing stand-up. Um, mm-hmm. Did you start doing stand-up? Um, was, was, how did stand-up come to you is my question. Yeah, so I started in LA after I got that DUI that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of bummed out and couldn't afford therapy. And my friend who did stand up was just like, you should just do stand up. It's cheaper than therapy. So he kind of, he kind of harassed me until I just did it. And then the first time I did it, I was like, Oh, this is what I was supposed to do with my life. Oh, okay. I didn't, yeah. it was, was it court ordered to stand up? Yeah, exactly. It was like, AA. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Take me through this. Your first shot of booze was ever clear. Yeah. Mm, there ain't nowhere to go after that. It was warm, too. Oh. And I remember just thinking, I got to do what I got to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, I guess this is it. And then I think right after Everclear, someone introduced me to Parrot Bay, which is just so trashy. But mm. compared to Everclear, it tastes like juice. So I was like, oh, this will just be my drink. <laughs> so I just started drinking entire bottles of Parrot Bay, which is like syrup. It's like yeah. alcoholic syrup. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, how old were you? 15. Uh, you're 15. You got grain alcohol. And then you're like, yeah. the Parrot Bay's better. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we're off to the races at 15. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We are uh, showing early signs of alcoholism at 15. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I had a blast. I don't really regret any of it. Yeah. Right, well, yeah. you know what? That's that's if you don't regret it and look at it as a learning, uh, a learning tool, a journey that you were on. You're in a lot better shape than me, Schmidt, because yeah. I got I got a bucket full of regrets. <laughs> Do you? But it, it's dangerous to look back because it's just wasted energy and stuff. Right. You know. 
Yeah, no, I definitely don't regret it. I think that was like what needed to happen at that point in my life. I was expressing myself. I mm-hmm. was having fun. I found myself. Um, and then I had to find myself again without the bottle, you know, cause I think it kind of started to define me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like my whole brand and my whole personality. There was a minute where on Instagram, my middle name is Rose and my Instagram handle was Brittany Rose. Um, <laughs> cause I just thought it was funny that I was always drinking wine and, mm-hmm. you know, it just became, it's funny when I got sober. Um, I remember my mother-in-law like we were I got sober in December 11th or I stopped drinking and we went home for the holidays and she had gotten us all these gifts and everything was alcohol related you know it's like bottle openers like wine corkers just like all these little towels that say like you're online for a liver transplant we're just yeah. thinking of you Brittany yeah yeah but I'm like oh this is my whole personality is that I drink and uh I need a new personality now because that's not going to cut it Okay, well, take me through. Take me through the journey. You're 15. You start drinking. Um, mm-hmm. When did your life? What were you doing? Were you working? And when did everything become unmanageable for you? Yeah, I mean, so I started, yeah, partying in high school, like you do the house parties. And then I think it kind of escalated quickly because I lived in the suburbs of Milwaukee. And then I met some kids who lived downtown Milwaukee. So when I was in high school, I started going to college parties. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in college, I was going to the bars and the clubs with a fake ID. And then when I got to California, I started doing drugs, um, which I never had done before, mm-hmm. um, pills and powders and all that stuff. And that's when everything really changed. That's when things got dark. I think that's when the chem, like the chemical makeup of my brain changed. It stopped being as much fun. It started getting more dark. I felt like I wasn't really in control. And I kept kind of doing that thing with myself where I'm like, okay, I'm only going to drink on these days or I'm only going to do oh, this. Yeah. And I'm only, yeah. Never you know, two days in a row. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my therapist and I had a, you know, she knew long before I knew that I had a drinking problem. And she just told me, she's like, wake up every day and just make a decision. You either are, or you are not going to drink today. She's like, it doesn't matter. You can wake up every day and say, I am going to drink today. And that's fine. She's like, but if you wake up and say, you're not going to drink, you have to not drink. And I was like, okay, that's easy. And then it was like a Wednesday. I woke up. I was like, I'm not going to drink today. It's a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, by lunchtime, I think I was on my second beer before I even realized I was drinking. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm not steering the ship. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm not even in control anymore. So that was kind of the wake up call. First of all, you said you weren't going to drink uh, and it was a Wednesday. All right. One, yeah. I pulled this joke from from your special because it really made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, when you drink a lot, like I did, you start to do things that don't align with the version of yourself that you want to present to the world. Um, so for me, I was going hard on, let's call it a Tuesday (laughs) because it was a Tuesday and I was drinking rosé and I thought to myself, do you know what this rosé would pair perfectly with? Two more bottles of (laughs) rosé and some cocaine. So I did that, that happened. And I woke up the next morning with the shakes And I threw on some sweats and I took some Advil, which was a lot like throwing a teaspoon of water at a forest fire. (laughs) And then I walked myself to the nail salon. And when I was at the nail salon, my nails were drying and I had an itch in my nose. And I sneezed and I shit my pants. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's a Tuesday. That's a Tuesday. And how old are you when that happens? Do you recall? That I was 22, maybe. I had just moved to L.A. Okay. Is that when you realized that? Studio apartment in Venice Beach. Yeah. Is that when you realized that I'm not steering this ship? Because that's a pretty big. No, no, no. no. 
that wasn't it. I mean, it took a while for me to realize, I think like even after, cause that was before I went to jail and then I went to jail for mm. drinking and driving. And then even after that, I was not, I was like, now I still know what I'm doing here. It was, it was later. It was maybe when I was around 26 ish okay. where I was just like, um, it's, it wasn't, it just, it wasn't even fun anymore. I was waking up and I was blacking out a lot more and I was waking up being like, what with that dread, which I didn't have. I was so lucky to not have that for like eight years of drinking. I didn't mm -hmm. have that. And then all of a sudden it would just consume me where I'm like, <gasps> what did I do yesterday? And then I had to live with that feeling until it went away around like two or 3 PM. And then around like 5 PM start drinking again. Yeah. And it was just prison. It was yeah. just, it was worse than going to actual jail. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, when you you don't feel better when you're doing it you don't feel, and you don't feel better when you're not you know you just right. don't feel better and it just yeah. becomes the cycle um yeah. but i will say that i did like the 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 joke you had when you're getting pulled over it's it, it's, uh, it's silly like, this makes me laugh the officer came up to my window and was like excuse me ma'am is your judgment impaired and i was like yeah i'm driving a honda element <laughs> <laughs> That makes me laugh. Uh, you know what? Right, so, that's one of the first jokes I ever wrote. Yeah. So take yeah, me through. Take me through that. You're in Arizona, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nightmare. Nightmare scenario. So I um, had just moved to LA, May of 2011. It's December of 2011. I don't have enough money to go back to Wisconsin because the flights were like $700. One of my girlfriends from Arizona or from Marquette um, moved to Arizona, so mm -hmm. those flights were like. 80 bucks. So I was like, I'll just get on one of those flights. I should have known it was a sign from the universe that I shouldn't have just, I should have just not gone to Arizona because I went to the airport and I got so drunk at the airport bar that I missed my first flight to Arizona. <laughs> so then I had to buy another flight really determined. And then I, you know, I showed up, I'm like hungover. It was just a mess. And, um, I get there and me and my girlfriend go out and we're, you know, drinking and, um, she works there and she has a girlfriend because she had dr driven us out and she's mm -hmm. like, I'll drive us home. And she has a girlfriend who's like, no, you cannot drive. Like the D DUI laws here are insane. I'm like, no, they're not. And I like <laughs> grabbed the keys and I think my friend might have dropped the keys and I like picked them up off the ground. And then I pull out of the parking space and the cop pulled me over right away. He saw everything. And the whole time a I'm drunk and B I'm such an asshole because in Wisconsin, you can literally get, I think three DUIs before anything happens to you. Like a DUI is like, just like getting your driver's license. It's like a rite of passage. And so I didn't think anything was going to happen to me. Like in my mugshot, I'm smiling from ear to ear. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's going to be like my new Facebook profile picture or something. <laughs> and then the next day we were tailgating. Cause I was there cause her brother was playing in the bowl game. Mm -hmm. And we're tailgating and the parents were like, we heard you got a DUI. We're really sorry. And I'm like, I'll be sorry. It's fine. Everything's fine. And they're like, no, it's not going to be fine. We have a zero tolerance policy here. Like, so if you drink a sip of beer and you drive in Arizona, the minimum sentence is 10 days. Mm. And I had way more than a sip of beer and um, drove. And so, yeah, I had to go to jail for 30 days. And I just, the whole time, it kind of was an out of body experience. I was like, this can't be real. This can't be really happening. But now that I'm sober, I'm like, this is how the sentencing should be in every state for drinking and driving. Cause it's so lethal and it's so insane and it's so dangerous. Yeah. Well, how did you get this? How did you get to serve your time in Beverly Hills? 
I lawyered up right. um, and got, yeah, I got a really good lawyer in Arizona. I couldn't have, I would have had to serve my time at Tent City in Arizona. My sentence was June to July. So it would have been the dead of the Arizona summer in the middle of like on a, in a chain gang. <laughs> and I think that A, I would have lost my job that I had in LA. B, I think I would have lost my, like any, like, I don't think I had the mental capacity or the strength to get through a sentence in that, mm-hmm. that situation. So they found a loophole, which is like Beverly Hills pay to stay where they let you leave for work, but you have to have your employer sign off that you're going to jail, which is so embarrassing. It's like bringing a bad report card home, but times a hundred where it's right. like, you know, I hadn't even been working with them for a year and I'm like, Hey guys, I'm going to be sleeping in jail at night and I need you guys to be okay with that. And they're like, okay. And what was the job? I was working in advertising. I was um, a copywriter intern and then I did like office services and um, eventually moved into recruitment. Okay. So, so you're in Beverly Hills, you're working in advertising. They, they mm-hmm. signed this for you. Yeah. They're like, all right, but you got to you got to give up your parking spot. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, what was crazy is when I went to Beverly Hills. So obviously I'm in there for a DUI. I don't have a driver's license. I sold my car. I my girlfriend would let me borrow her car and I would like have a few glasses of wine and drive myself back to jail <laughs> and then have them validate my parking. And I'm just like. I wish I think I was thought I was so much smarter than the system. I'm like, you guys keep validating my parking and I'm in here for a DUI. Like, right. You know, I, I think I just was so incredibly entitled and arrogant and I could have gotten myself in so much trouble, but I just didn't, I didn't care. Yeah. Well, you know what you got, you were aware of it now and you look back at it. So even, even while you were going through it, you know, there, yeah. there was something just m- maneuvering you through where you had to go and what you had to learn. Yeah. How did you tell me the story, how you ended up, you're supposed to be in jail for a DUI and you're at a party with Usher. Yeah. Yeah. So the 4th of July was during my sentence and I got out to go to work and I didn't have work. And, um, my girlfriend picked me up from jail and we went to like a Ross dress for less to get me like a blue shirt. Cause I didn't have any 4th of July clothes and, um, or no, we didn't go to Ross. We went to the garment district in downtown LA, really cheap clothes. And, um, we went to a party in Malibu and it was a huge party just like out on the ocean and, um, yeah, this guy comes up to me and starts talking to me. And I was like, you look like a little tiny usher, like a tiny baby usher. <laughs> and he was like, I'm, I'm usher. <laughs> and that whole thing happened. And then we had like a little short conversation and I had to leave. And he's like, where are you going? And I was like, oh, I have to go back to, I have to go to jail. <laughs> and he didn't, you know, he didn't believe me. Um, but I did add the part to the story that he took me to jail. He didn't actually take me to jail. He did give me, or he took in my phone number and then he never called me. And that was mm-hmm. probably because I was going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> you got a joke and you act about this incident. I want to play it now. Yeah. So Usher, living up to its name. <laughs> ushered me to jail. And I went into jail and I did not come out. And thank God for that, you guys, because I was reading TMZ recently, and he's getting sued for giving everyone herpes. And I definitely would have fucked Usher. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Honest? There you go. Yeah. You you dodged a sore instead of a bullet. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So you've been through all this and you're not even 
you're not even doing stand up yet. You're just you're just living your life, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing that I liked about your set was it's you're fearless. You're fearless, and just as a fellow a fellow comic and artist, I'm like yeah, I recognize the courage it takes to do what you have done. And like you said about your mom, if I could ask you about your mom, I'll, I'll play the bit and then we'll talk about it. Okay. So for my wedding, my mom killed herself three days before. That's one way to RSVP. (laughs) Just kidding, she wasn't invited. (laughs) But she did die doing what she loves, which is stealing my spotlight. Mm. Okay, so... First of all, the stones to bring that up, to face that in front of strangers looking at you, which is kind of, for me, being honest with you, Brittany, it's kind of easier for me to be open and intimate with 400 people I don't know yeah. than somebody looking at me in the eyes. But then yeah. to put the reason behind it is, uh, is, is, I think that's what the art form can do, and, and you've executed it. You've executed it very well. But that had Thank a hurt. You. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, that I think the thing about stand up in the way that I've chosen to do it is I am talking about my life and I am giving people a lot of information about me. So when shows don't go as well as that special taping went, it sucks. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like it's painful. It's like, ooh, I just told you, you know, but I think the thing that I have to remember is people are afraid of talking about suicide still. They don't like it. You know, for so long it was taboo. You couldn't even write about it in newspapers. You couldn't talk about it. Like it's very new that we're even allowed to talk about this type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember even when my mom killed herself, there was a discussion in our family of like, are we going to say she killed herself? And I'm like, yeah, like we're not, what do you mean? We're not covering this up. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that does a disservice to the mental health crisis that's at large. Like we need to address it and we need to look at it. And um, do I think what happened with my mom is like kind of God's plan and what needed to happen? Yes. But I also think like there is, we are in the middle of a huge mental health crisis and avoiding it and not talking about it is scarier than talking about it. Mm. How did that environment contribute to your ride you're drinking the environment of being raised by my mom yeah i i mean listen in the rooms they say you know the genetics load the gun and the environment pulls the trigger Mm -hmm. so i think i was genetically predisposed to be an alcoholic it runs in my family and then i think environmentally being raised with an abusive mom didn't help but I don't blame her. I know that it was me as a child trying to cope with trauma and not having the right tools to, I don't think that's her fault in the same way that she didn't have the right tools to cope with her trauma. Right. And people, I was in a conversation the other day about the word trauma. People don't like to, it doesn't have to be combat. You know, it's right. Just, you right. Know, a friend of mine, I was talking to him and he's like, dude, I, you know, this guy's out there with real trauma. I go, it's not real trauma. It's, it's, it don't qualify. It's your trauma. Yeah, it's relative trauma. Yeah, it's all relative. It's your trauma, and it triggers your behavior. And we're running on these patterns that we're not even aware of, you know? Mm-hmm. And to get to them, look, life's either going to tap you on the shoulder or kick you in the ass, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. shitting your pants is kicking is, is getting kicked it's in the ass for some people. For some people, yeah. it's Tuesday. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you work through this stuff, but when you face something like that, it's connected to the identity you think you have. 
you know, part of the identity is is dictated by the roles we play in an environment that we're not aware of, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. you had to, for some, you, whatever your coping mechanism was with your mom, are you aware of what that was? Were you drinking to fit oh, into yeah, the yeah. picture? Yeah, I was drinking. Yeah, I was drinking at my mom. I was drinking at my mom and there was a little overlap of drinking and doing therapy. And then my therapist, like I said, helped me get out of drinking and just doing therapy. And now I'm like much more spiritual and connected and, you know, in forgiveness and I'm at peace with everything. There's Mm. no, yeah, there's not a part of me that's looking for a bottle or a pill or a thing to take the edge off because I know the edge is just part of the experience. Mm -hmm. So you were drinking as to, to punish your mom to... Yeah. I was like, I'll show you, you know, she kept telling me, she's like, and this is the fucked up thing is she told me a lot of really valuable things. I just couldn't hear any of the valuable stuff because of the way she delivered the message. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if she wasn't so venomous about how she delivered stuff, it was a good message. Like she's told me, she's like, you are capable of anything and you are meant to be like a big, like she always believed in my ability to succeed in the industry I'm in right now. And, um, she's like, you can be anything, but you have to stop drinking. Like drinking is ruining your life. And I'm like, no, it's not. I'll just, I'll show you. I can do both. Mm -hmm. But she was right. She was right. It's just the way she said it. And the things that she said on either side of the compliment were too, I couldn't, I couldn't take it in. I was not. Yeah. Equipped. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, I got the same. Look, my, mine is anger and yelling. Cause that's the environment that, that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my wife is like, your message is right. Your delivery system's terrible. You talk to everybody right. like a crime boss. You know? Right. And I was like, yeah. And Brittany, I wish she was wrong. She's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the tricky thing about having a message that's good. And then having a delivery system that's horrible is people don't listen to you and they don't like you and they don't take your advice, even if you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you said you, you had to forgive. That's that's not easy to do. Is, is... It's way easier than not forgiving mm-hmm. because, you know, what do they say about, you know, holding on to that kind of hate is like drinking poison and expecting your enemy to die. Yeah. It's like you hold that stuff inside of you and it turns into ass cancer. Like you can't. Nobody wants ass cancer. Yeah. Nobody wants it. Yeah. So you can't hold that stuff in. You got to like, let it out, journal it out, forgive the person and move on. Mm-hmm. It's like, she's gone. What am I going to be mad at somebody who's literally dead? <laughs> yeah. So did you forgive your mom after she passed or did you have her? I I forgave her long before she passed because Good. I just saw, yeah, I saw, I was like, she doesn't, she's doing the best she can with the tools she has. She does not have the capacity to even to, to be a mom. She can't show up for herself. She can't show up for anyone. So like, I felt bad for her. You know, I think the last communication we had was I told her like, I love you and you need to get in therapy and get some serious help. Cause she never, she was undiagnosed. She never acknowledged she had a mental problem even at the end when it was like close you know it was borderline mm-hmm. but it was also mixed with schizoid and delusions and all this stuff and um i was like if you decide to go to therapy like if you ever decide to take care of yourself in the way that you need to be taken care of i'll fly home i'll be there for you i'll show up however i can show up but until then like this is done we can't talk and then you know she spat back some fucking hellfire email about how i'm gonna die because i'm a drunk and all mm-hmm. this stuff and i was like okay that was it that was the last time we talked right and then you stand up actually helped you process and heal. Yeah. I mean, that's the most beautiful thing is like, 
I don't know, life is crazy and we're all dealing with crazy stuff and like getting on stage. And like you said earlier, being courageous enough to say these things, like you never know who you're helping Yeah. with your humor. You never know who's been through something similar, who's felt similarly. Um, death is a really tricky thing, but I think societally there's something we do that's very strange when people die, which is we don't acknowledge the fact that they were assholes. Yeah. You know, death is like, a very big cleanser, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, someone dies and then all of a sudden we just talk about only the good things about them. Yeah. I'm like, no, yeah, you know, I would so, be like, not soon enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. So I think there's something weird that happens and a lot of people feel conflicted. Cause like, you're not supposed to say when someone dies, like that person was an asshole, yeah. but that's something that I'm saying. I'm like, you know, my mom was kind of a dick and mm. like, she was unwell and like, I love her, but like, she wasn't nice. So yeah, you just never know when you get up on stage and you take that mic and you say the things that scare you to say who you might be helping. So that's kind of what I go in there. I'm like, I just want to bring people joy and heal people. However, however I can and be there for people and, you know, in a creative capacity. Yeah. To provide things always come better to me when I realize I'm providing a service, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and so that just that my machine responds better mm-hmm. to that. But, yeah, it's it's like life is life is hard. I mean, it's yeah. re- I look at this place. I think I think it's it's something connected to survivor's guilt. Like they died. They got out. Oh, God bless. And they were so good. You know, I'm mm-hmm. still here. Shit. Why? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's like it's like reverse survivor's guilt or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. When you started doing stand up and you started processing and stuff, did you find it's a tricky thing because you're getting attention and it's it's an ego feed. And that's a slippery slope because you can use the ego feed like, well, I can handle it. Or if I had a bad show, I deserve this. And that's when you reach for a little rosé, let's say. Right. No, no, there's none of that. There's no temptation to go back to the bottle. I've, you know, had good shows and I've bombed my ass off. Mm -hmm. And not once have I been like, alcohol is the answer. Um, I just know that I was in too deep of a hole. And the career I have now, I only have because of my sobriety. I, you know, was incredibly fortunate when I first started stand up to like get, you know, I got lucky. I got booked on really big shows and was doing things, but like, because of my alcoholism and my inability to like understand how substantial the opportunities were, I didn't, I didn't go anywhere. You know, so I was getting things and doing things that people like on the outside were like very excited about. But I just was like, yeah, it's just not a show. It's just whatever. And I was like showing up, drinking, doing the show, you know, not like respecting the space and the opportunity. And now that I'm sober, I can show up. I know like I'm clear, I'm focused, I'm rested for the most part. I mean, when I'm on the road, I have a hard time sleeping. But like for the most part, like I'm showing up 100 percent the best I can. And if it doesn't go well, that's just a bad day at the office. Right. That's good. It, it, it's good to put that in in perspective and your special is uh is pretty much your story it's called from ho to housewife mm-hmm. um and you you did it in austin yep and uh you you're very open and it's 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 funny it's dark it's scary in some spots but uh mm-hmm. but 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 it really is a, it's very well done and Thank uh you. one of the things you say towards the end of the transformation let's call it from ho to housewife was a joke that mm-hmm. i really liked and i pulled it all yeah. of my relationships prior to my husband expired quicker than milk um by design, because my favorite part of the relationship was the chase. Like, there's nothing more interesting in somebody than if they're not interested in me. I'm like, oh, you're going to block me on Instagram? I'm going to wait in your bushes in a wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'll do it. Don't you make me. Yeah, but that that stubbornness and that, um, that, that need for attention, does that... I, I got it, too. 
You know, I think mm-hmm. we all have it in some spot that makes us push us to get on a stage. Is that being yeah. fulfilled by the laughter? And is that in a healthy place? I think so. I think I have to be really mindful about my ego because mm-hmm. it creeps in. Um, you know, especially when this special came out, the first day was really rough for me. I really cared about what people thought and said. And I think I shouldn't have. I wish I didn't. I wish I just turned my phone off and let it come out because I was very affected by the feedback. Um, and I know that's just an ego thing, like being affected. You know, our our job as artists is to make the art and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And then you have to release it. You can't care about what people think or say about it. That's not your business. It, but it's so hard, especially with social media. I literally just took Instagram off my phone and I hired my social media manager back. And I was like, Jesus, take the wheel, because like mentally, this is not good for me. Right. OK, yeah. so you recognized it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I the reason that here's, here's the thing about the, the attention and stuff is there's no great healing in success. It's just that moment. You know, it's that's the, it's, it's staying present is it's like, you know, yeah. what people think is like a lot of the feedback you get is I hope this is going to do well. So you already have an expectation and now you're looking mm-hmm. for that expectation to be fulfilled. And if it is, you're good for it's a sugar high. And if it's not, you're in a, you're in a toilet. Yeah, I mean, the I think I went into this knowing all of that. I have many friends who are wildly successful and super unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have friends who have made it in comedy. I have friends who have made it into the NBA. I have a lot of friends who are have all the money and all the spoils and all the things, and they're so unhappy. Nice. So I think I'm very fortunate in that. Like I did a lot of self work before I sort of put myself out there. Um, you know, I've done therapy and AA and all sorts of meditation and just stuff that makes me like, I'm happy with myself, whether or not people like what I have to say on stage. Um, and I know that like my life is going to be more fulfilled and I don't expect the success to make me happy. I know, I know, actually I know for a fact it won't because when this special came out, it, you know, it did really well. A lot of the clips went viral. I'm very grateful for the success and the new fans and all the stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't think I've ever, ever been more depressed in my life. I was yeah. just like, I was so sad for like three weeks. I'm like, holy shit, this is really, this is really eye opening. I need to like, you know, turn outward and focus on others and not focus on myself because fo- focusing on yourself is the most depressing thing in the world. I know. It, it, it's when you get it, you're like, okay, where's the healing? This is this mm-hmm. this went viral. Things are supposed to be better now. Yeah, nothing is better. It's I almost got- worse. Oh. It's almost worse because everyone thinks it's better and they're like reaching out to you. They're like, dude, we're so stoked. You're so blah, blah, blah. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Crying in my Vegas hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing great. You're doing great. Yeah. You gotta, you're, you're in a great place uh, mentally and, and your art is coming through. And I think at some point it lines up and then we're happy for about 45 minutes and then we go back to work again. You know, it's yeah. like, it's the same stuff of navigating the ship. You know, someone told me something, uh, a pilot friend of mine said, do you know, when airlines, when, when planes leave the airport, they're off course more than they're on course. I'm not flying as much as I'm correcting. Oh, wow. You know, but I always end up at the airport. So Mm -hmm. it's it's a daily thing. I don't look for something to be. okay. this went viral. Everything's better. It's a daily thing. And um, and you're doing it. And and it shows in your art. And the special is called From Ho to Housewife. It's available for you on YouTube. It's very funny. Uh, I think you're very courageous. It's nice to talk to a fellow artist that that has done the work. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I wish you luck. And if people want to get a hold of you, where do they go? 
Um, my Instagram and my TikTok handles are both my name, which is Brittany Schmidt, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-S-C-H-M-I-T-T. There's no D in my last name. I took all those in college. <laughs> well, continued success and best to you and your family. Thank you. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi, I'm Brittany Schmidt, and that's 30 Minutes I'll Never Get Back. Told you. Kids had a rough ride. Quite a journey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's and she's turning into art, so I, I yeah. found that to be very commendable. She's a fighter. Yeah. She's a fighter, all right. That's man, that's some tough stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I listen, that, that's brave. I, I don't think I could get up. First of all, I can't imagine having that relationship or that like fractured of a relationship with mm-hmm. my mom or my dad. And I if I did, man, I don't think I would have the cojones to 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 talk about that on stage and front of strangers and I, I know you've talked about it in fact you guys are talking about it like it's easier to talk about that stuff in front of a crowd of full of strangers but i'd be like no this is like deep dark stuff that i've got to deal with myself and figure it out mm. well that shows me how brave she is yeah and yeah. i mean i yeah. just give her all the respect yeah I, because, I, I, and her timing is flawless yeah i, like I love that. her comedy yeah I, I love people who have this very dry perfect timing yeah she's she's not rushing to get through anything she's no, taking it's her right time there. in the setup i was like yeah the delivery system was she like sits in it good. yeah i love that and i could see stern i can I, I get your point about how you couldn't talk about it. i'm pretty sure though you could shit your pants <laughs> <laughs> and that i would talk about yeah hasn't he what no he hasn't sh- not that mine I, he's thrown up on me but he hasn't shit his pants in front not that i know of i can either confirm no. or deny <laughs> Why do you think I want a separate hotel room when I get there? That's true. He has secrets. Yeah. I, I just thought he couldn't run the shower. I'm saying, he goes, no, sometimes I shit the bed. No. By the way, how crazy is it that that wasn't her bottom? No. Like, that wasn't like, the, like, the, like, okay, now I need to figure this out. She still had a journey to go to be like, okay, now I'm totally messed up and I got to stop drinking and doing drugs and all that. Like, I'm sorry. You sneezed at a nail salon and shit yourself. Like, yeah. It's not, not the wake up call. That's not rock bottom. That's Tuesday. And what was the thing that she drank? What Parrot was the, Bay. The, yeah. That. Just like sweet ass rum. When we were young and those first times that you were drinking, mm-hmm. I mean, didn't we all drink something stupid? I know, like, my buddy, like, raided his parents' liquor cabinet one, you know, Saturday when they were off at a party. We're like, oh, look at us, man. We're going to get drunk and this, we're going to be cool. Mm-hmm. And we drank it. It tasted like crap because you know what it, what, you know what he stole? No. A bottle of vermouth. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> it was like, you have the worst terrible. part of the martini. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, this is just 
awful. Yeah. First drink I had was uh, was at a graduation. I had a tequila sunrise in a plastic cup. Ooh, that's yeah. kind of classic. That was good. Yeah, that was pretty good. And then I really was going to be a grown-up. I stole one of my father's lucky strikes, and I was like, Woof. Crazy. What was it? What was your first drink? I think it was champagne. Of course it was. was. (laughs) On the deck of a yacht, my wife. I think so. Either that or nice wine. Yeah. It was a 69 Rothschild, I believe. (laughs) Chateau Margot. That's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I will say this. I remember it was was, Kissinger served it during his shuttle diplomacy when I happened to be in the East. I will Funny. say this, and I shouldn't say this about Brittany, because mm. she doesn't drink anymore, right. and I don't really drink that much anymore. But man, I'll bet she was so much fun to get in there with. I'll bet she was just like anything was on the table. Like you could be like like dead at night. We're going to Atlantic City. Come on, and I got a pistol. Let's go. All right. Every, yeah. Yeah. You know, she just seems like that. You know, ride or die. That's who she seems like. You know what amazed me. She she gets a Dewey in Arizona. She lawyers up and gets to serve time in Beverly Hills. That's amazing to me. That was brilliant. I know the that jail. I drive past the jail when I get, when I go to get my haircut. I know where the police station is and where she had to go. <laughs> it's beautiful. That's the only jail that has a dress code. <laughs> You're in general population, but we need you to wear a jacket. <laughs> We've got standards. A man. dress Come code. Yeah. I love that when she met Usher, she goes, "You look like a little baby Usher." Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually I, am him, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, you look like an usher that somebody washed in hot water. <laughs> you look like a travel size usher. You know, the fun size. No, I'm I'm, I'm usher size. <laughs> and she was very honest about how that might have played out if things yeah. had been a little different. She did not pull any. Again, she does not pull any punches. I will say that about Brittany. She mm-hmm. is. It, what, well, what she says is what you get. Yeah. I also like the way she dates. I will wait in your bushes in a wedding dress. Well, she doesn't like... If you ignore me. She doesn't like the word no, which I get. Mm-hmm. No one likes the word no or rejected mm-hmm. being, or feeling like they're being rejected. Boy, and you think I carry a grudge. She was in the bushes in a wedding dress with the caterer on speed dial. Like, <laughs> it's only a matter of time before you're mine. Yes. But she, Alex. Yeah? Oh, sorry. Go you ahead. were not that girl, were you, that was attracted to people who like treated you poorly? Let me poorly. tell you something. She would not leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I kept saying no to Adam. Do you want to go? No. That's right. To... She did. No. Do you want No. That's right. She did. I was. I was she lured could... me in with a dog. Yeah, she that's all I got. help with a dog. I got How a can dog. I say no? Here's what happened. I was, uh, I, I was out here and uh, I was shooting an episode of The King of Queens. I go, do you want to come to the episode? She's like, no. Uh, no thank you she was polite about it no thank you and then I was doing the tonight show I invited you to tonight so you want to come to the tonight show and say no thank you (laughs) actors no Mm. so yeah you know what I had to do I was was house sitting for my friend Jack and I was watching his great Dane and I I needed help with the dog I didn't need help the dog knows what he's doing (laughs) I open the door the dog goes out dog shits I bring him back in what do I gotta do you use the dog yeah so I, I, I said, can you help me with this dog? What do you need help with? I, I don't know. It's a, I don't speak dog, right? So, so. <laughs> I'm like, this poor dog. I have to see what's going on with him. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so she I goes, oh, up. you put the food here. You do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I invited you down to Comedy Magic Club. Yes. Yeah. And that, that she came to, Stern. 
Yes. And she was all nervous. I She's like, yes. I thought I was, he's a dog lover. Yeah. So she came to see the show and she was like, I was so nervous. I go, yeah, you didn't know you were afraid I was going to suck, right? Yeah, that would have been horrible. That would have been horrible. And then, then she, she went like this. She goes, yes. I go, and what happened? She went, you didn't suck at all. I went, yeah. <laughs> I, said, I don't know if I said that exactly, but okay. Yeah. I said, I said now I'm going to kiss you. <laughs> and I kissed her right in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember lovely. the moon being full for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Maybe that wow. was like the Disney yeah. version. No, because I'm magical. Oh, okay. That's why. <laughs> That's funny. That's wonderful. Yeah. That that actually, in all, I know I'm sarcastic as hell all the time, but legitimately, that is actually the sweetest story I've heard. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Because yeah. I, I see you guys today and the journey you guys are on and the love that you guys share. Mm-hmm. I love when people find that. And I think it's wonderful. And listen, I, I've never met Brittany. I'm not sure that I will get a chance to meet her. But I love her journey that she's she's gone through all this stuff and she's found a measure of success now. Mm-hmm. And she's she's married. You know, she's gone from a hoe to a housewife. So, like, I love that. Now, I was intrigued, though, that you guys were talking about, yeah, success it ain't at all. It ain't all. It's cracked up to be. You know what I mean? Look who you're talking to. <laughs> it's just your de- definition of success. That's where I think it lies. Okay. Yeah. But I do like yeah, her so attitude. All my enemies have suffered. How's oh my that? Goodness. You won't be dead enough. <laughs> so. <laughs> I do like her attitude. She's like, you know, if something doesn't go well, it's just a bad day at the office. Yeah. But I her perspective that. is really good. Yeah. 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 Her perspective is really good. I mean, but it's tough. You know, she was, she did make peace with her mom. She goes, you know, mom was bipolar. She, mm-hmm. she, let, she didn't carry a grudge because of the way she was treated because she saw the, the human frailty in somebody else. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, she, she's, she's pretty balanced kid. Yeah. She's smart. You and she's, she's using her stand up as therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is not easy. <laughs> no, I'm like Adam. Can you talk a little less? Yeah, <laughs> about your therapy. Yeah, can you, can, you, can you just do something? Do some observational stuff, please. Enough. Yeah, talk about a hot pocket. <laughs> yeah, can you do that? A Twinkie. What's the deal with yogurt? Yeah. Who are these people? Can you just, just do that, in. please? Throw a snack joke in. I'm every a confessional once in a while. comic. You know what? Keep it to yourself. How's that? Can you keep it to yourself? <laughs> you know what? I give you permission to shit your pants at a nail salon. Tell a story, for God's sake, will you please? <laughs> but Adam, when you do tell a story about the nail salon and you pooping there, just don't sound like a crime boss. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna do. All right, so here's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you can't help yourself. I'm all coked up. I had a couple. <laughs> couple of belts in the morning just to settle the nerves. I'm getting my nails done because you know I'm a gentleman. <laughs> I get an itch in my nose. All of a sudden, I sneeze and I shit my pants. My own. 10.30 in the morning. And my body decides to unload lunch. I mean, oh, what kind man. of shit is this? Oh. Too much? Don't have the burrito. Don't have the burrito. <laughs> Yeah, I, when I was when she said my mother was 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 nuts and her message was good, but her delivery system was awful. I went, yeah, I, I know somebody like that, and it's me. <laughs> the problem is, like when you talk to me about stuff, mm-hmm. you know how much I love The Godfather and Goodfellas and all that. So when you become the crime boss, I'm like, yeah, I better pay a note. I better pay attention to this. This is good yeah. stuff, right? Here. Yeah, thank you, Mark. You appreciate me. You, I do appreciate you when things are at it their worst. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, 
You know what you are? You're like a crime boss in a glass case. In case of emergency, break you. you break him out. Yes. Yes, when I need you, I know you're right there. Yeah, all right. When, when, when she doesn't need me, just go put on your wedding dress and hide in the bushes. So I'll call you when I'm ready. <laughs> Brittany Smith special is called From Hoda Housewife. It's free on YouTube. Check it out. She's very, very funny. Honey, if you want to get all of us, where do they go? <laughs> Adam Ferrar at Gmail. Uh, the show is growing. It's all because of you. Tell 43 people you love about the show. That'll help us out. And if you could leave us a review, that helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. We're all in this together, brothers and sisters, so please share the road and remember that life is hard. You take it easy on yourself. The pot has ended. Go in peace. Something in your childhood is bothering you. Honey, I got a cold. It's got nothing to do with my childhood. I got a cold. Here, take these pellets. What is this? <laughs> this is holistic. Put this under your tongue and something will get better in a few months. No, we can't. <laughs> what? Yes, if that doesn't work, we can try leeches. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.